0: We meet today in ecclesiastes chapter 12 verse 9 to verse 14. the main thing that we will look at is the result of solomon's experiment in our last study covering verse 1 to verse 8 of chapter 12 we looked at solomon's counsel to the young person to remember the creator in the days of youth before evil days will come upon them when they will say we find no delight in this. The evil days were pictured in the house form but describing old age to which we saw the vital organs of the body decaying and bringing down this person that used to be erect, really making him ineffective for ministry. Therefore, the time to save God is when we are able and once a person has gone old and the body functions, body organs collapsing, it is leading in one direction. That is the direction of death. And when death has come, what happens? The body goes to the ground for from where it was taken, and the spirit goes back to God who gave it. Now, That is important to understand as we continue now from verse 9 of chapter 12 of Ecclesiastes. In fact, that verse begins with these words. And moreover, because the preacher was wise, he still taught the people knowledge. Yes, he pondered and sought out and set in order many proverbs. That's what he did. Although it is usual to treat these words as the comments of a discipline, they would be by the teacher himself, even by Solomon, who, in spite of his personal failings, must have retained the gift of wisdom which he had asked for and obtained for the benefit of his people. So we see he set out to find out and to teach knowledge, and he pondered and sought out and set in order many Proverbs. That was his goal. And the claim here is no more boastful than the words of the prophets who claimed to be speaking the words of the Lord. God had various ways of inspiring his chosen writers. Prophets, for example, received direct communication uh, through visions or voice historians were prompted to select and set down those records and estimates that were important for the understanding of God's plan for his people and of course Luke chapter 1 verse 3 attest to that wise men were given discernment in observing the experiences of many kind and sifting the conclusions that others whether believers or humanists or unbelievers had deducted about sensible behavior that would please God and bring maturity to individuals and society. So, whether written by the teacher or by a disciple, these verses put the imprimatur on the book. They show that it is not to be read as the chronicle of skepticism, or as an advocacy of hedonism. I need to emphasize those words. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 10 and verse 11. The preacher sought to find acceptable words, and what was written was upright, words of truth. The words of the wise are like gods, and the words of scholars are like well-driven nails, given by one shepherd. Now, we should not by any means despise the wisdom of the past, nor should we refuse to be taught. In fact, is it Arthur Holmes who wrote an interesting book that says all truth is God's truth? You see, if it is true whether it has been discovered by an unbelieving scientist when he was exploring things in nature. It is true. And he has simply discovered God's truth. The predicament is with us, who when we discover God's truth, which is hidden in the forest and even under the earth, instead of giving glory to God and say, He is amazing, we look to ourselves as if we have become little gods, as if we would like to replace God. But whenever there is truth, Truth from science, truth from psychology, truth from uh, physics, from mathematics. All truth is God's truth. But the truth that God has given us in his word is also his truth sufficient for our salvation to lead us to a saving knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And further, my son, be admonished by this. Of making many books, there is no end, and much study is wearisome to the flesh. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 12. Now, in this world there will always be mystery, and human beings can fall into all sorts of error if they try to prove what cannot be proven. There will always be books pouring off the presses, some helpful, some agnostic, some downright anti-God, students who have to study them for examinations, and those mature Christians who need to understand modern trends know how wearisome they can be, and yet at times how attractive they are. The verse is certainly not intended to discourage Christian writers or even modern wise men. Who are committed Christians if they can write constructively and expound in modern terms those truths of life that are there in the scriptures? Nor should older Christians get the great Christian classics that expound the same. Nor should older Christians forget the great Christian classics that expound the same truths in their own day. Wise men have much of value to share. The biblical books of wisdom, I'm talking of Job, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Song of Solomon, are of eternal value. Self-appointed philosophers who reject faith in the revelation of God can investigate, they can ponder and write forever, but will never find the answers for which they are searching. And so, Education without God will not solve the problems of life. Many books will always be there, but what is needed is the wisdom of God. I am afraid that there are so many people who have sat under the feet of men and never sat under the feet of Jesus Christ. They have even degrees that have been conferred upon them by men, even men who are opposed to God. They will dare to oppose what God is saying in his word. My friend, why don't you learn under God's hand? As much as the world will accord you papers and degrees and certificates, they are important only for this world. But will God confer on you his own certificate? The one that says, I created you, I formed you, I redeemed you, I called you by name, therefore you are mine. Isaiah chapter 43 verse 1. That is what is important, my friend. Do you have God's approval on your life? While you may sink your mind into the many books that will get you tired, do you have time for God's word? That is wise counsel that Solomon is even sharing with us. Beginning by saying, remember your creator in the days of your youth. Because while you are still young, you have time to study. You have the strength to go through the word of God. Why should your strength be wasted by many books which have no end, while the eternal word is neglected? Invest yourself in the word of God. The word of God says, thy word have I hidden in my heart that I may not sin against you. Your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. How can a young man keep his way pure? By guarding it according to God's word. In a world that has many books, take time for God's word. Now, what was the result of Solomon's experiment? The result of Solomon's experiment is summed in the Last two verses of that chapter You see, Solomon is very wise He's a good author And like a good author He summarizes the main points That he had been making When he comes to the end of his book The summary here is especially important Since commentators have tried to interpret the book As the thoughts of a skeptic Obviously The teacher is sometimes skeptical, but God is real to him, and he believes that God has revealed his will to mankind. If God had not done so, man could not be held accountable for his actions, as verse 14 will tell. Thus, although he would like to know more of the total plan of God, man knows enough to be held responsible for what he does or fails to do. His life day by day is to be lived as in the sight of God, who has given him the opportunity to fulfill God's purpose for that day. His actions, as well as the secret intentions of his heart, are open to God, and one day will be opened up for reward or for punishment. That is said even in chapter 3, verse 17, chapter 11, verse 9, part B, and that is the message of Second Corinthians, chapter 5, verse 10. So the book of Ecclesiastes shows that apart from God, everything is ultimately vanity. The beginning of wisdom is the fear of God. Ecclesiastes 12, verse 13, Proverbs 1, verse 7. Now, that fear of God is a deep respect for and a commitment to the ways and the words of God. Godly fear ultimately leads to fulfillment. And so, after this man had made experiments in all spheres of life, he concluded, real fulfillment is only found in this. Listen to him now. Now let us hear the conclusion of the whole matter. Fear God and keep his commandments, for this is man's all. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 13 In this verse is the author's own statement of the overall theme of the entire book, amid all the difficulties and inequalities of life, as well as in the midst of all life's blessings and prosperity. One duty remains primary and unchanging. Man's honor and obedience to the Creator, that is the duty of man. This alone will merit and secure happiness and fruitfulness on earth and throughout eternity. Fear God. This is the message of the book of Proverbs as well as the message here. In view of the experiment made under the sun, The wise thing is to fear God, which means to reverence, to worship and obey him. To keep his commandments would mean to meet God's conditions for salvation in any age grounded on faith in God. For Cain, it meant bringing a lamb. For Abraham, it meant believing the promises of God. For the people of Israel, it meant approaching God through sacrifice in the tabernacle and in the temple. For us, it is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you shall be saved. Acts 16, verse 31. What is it to fear the Lord is to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ, and you will be saved, you and your household. Thus, The fear of the Lord. Jesus Christ said, Now the work of God for you to do is to believe on him whom he has sent. And indeed it is referring to Jesus Christ, the Son of God. For God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether good or evil. Ecclesiastes 12 verse 14. The author here closes this book, very important book, by stating that there is a God who will hold men accountable for his life. That is affirmed in Ecclesiastes 3 verse 17, 8 verse 12, and verse 13, 11 verse 9. All of this affirming that man is accountable to God. Man's life under the sun will be judged from a heavenly perspective. Thus, the book truly ends with a positive and encouraging word, because one's accountability before God means his life is of eternal value. You are accountable to God because your life has eternal consequences. Don't just think everything ends here. In spite of frequent observation and experience of life's apparent futility, the inspired author exhorts his readers to grasp by faith the sovereignty, the goodness, and the justice of God, and to enjoy all the facets of life as his gift. Beings created in God's image are not insignificant, and life lived for God is not vanity, is not meaningless. For God will bring every work into judgment. You see, God will judge every man. For every man is a sinner who is guilty before God. Christ bore our judgment. He died a judgment death. Our sins are either on Christ by faith in Him or else we must come before God uh, at the great white throne for judgment with our sins upon ourselves, and therefore we must pay. Remember now your Creator in the days of your youth. Why? Well, for a very definite reason. Because in the matter of salvation, your chances of being saved are greater. And in the subject of service, you will have something to offer God. Now, statistics show that more people come to Christ when they are young. Now, this doesn't mean that the old people cannot accept Christ and be saved. They can accept Christ and be saved. But even now, right now, if you are an adult and you are not a a believer, you will tell me that you are very skeptical about the things that I'm talking about And also you might even have entrenched yourself into a lifestyle that is very difficult to come, as you may estimate. However, the good news is, no amount of sinking is too difficult for God. No amount of problems are too difficult for God because the power that raised Jesus from the dead is the power that is also able to raise you from your sinful, dead nature and make you into a child of God. The second reason why Solomon makes a very special appeal to young people is that that is because they have a lifetime to offer to God in service. You can serve God while you are still young. Your lifetime is meant for God. Remember that life is a trust. Life is a test. And it is also temporary. What will you do with this life which is a trust? When you are held accountable before God, He will ask, How wisely did you use the days of your life? And indeed, when you remember the Creator in the days of your youth, your life will be worthwhile. The men who have had real service for God, who have made something important to give to God, have been young men. We think of Joseph. We think of Moses. You think of Gideon. David was called when he was still young. You think of Jeremiah. So of Tarsus, You think of Mary. You think of Deborah. You think of the little girl who is only named as the little girl who saved Naaman and led him to be healed when he went to Israel. You think of Miriam. You think of anyone that you want to think of. They were used of God when they were still young. How about Timothy, Silas, and even a host of other young missionaries in the past centuries, such as Robert Moffatty, who became a great missionary to Southern Africa. You think of the many young people upon our own continent. They made their mark while they were still young. My friend, remember your Creator in the days of your youth. God wants to use you while you still have energy. This is the day of your enterprising. And again, I want to remind you, there is no answer to the problems of life under the sun. Jesus Christ is the only solution to the problems of life. The Lord Jesus has given his promise to people of any age, any race, any tribe, any nationality. He makes an invitation. John 6 verse 37, he who comes to me, I will in no way cast away. Come to Jesus. Remember your creator in the days of your youth. Remember that God will bring every work into judgment, including every secret thing, whether it is good or bad. So the conclusion of the whole matter, fear God and keep his commandments because that is the duty of man. What is the chief end of man? To know God and enjoy him forever. You can have copies of the notes and outlines used for these Living Word for Africa programs so you can follow them as you listen. For your copies, please write to the Living Word for Africa PO Box 4232 Kempton Park 1620 South Africa. Please say which book of the Bible you want them for and be sure to include your name and contact information. Let me give you that address again. It's the Living Word for Africa, P.O. Box 4232, Kempton Park, 1620 South Africa.